You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, A.G. Andrews of jaysfrindacouch.com. I'm sorry if I sound a bit depressed today. Um, obviously, kind of struggling with the news that hit everyone this morning about the passing of Alex Trebek. Um, those of you who follow my Twitter know I'm pretty big on Jeopardy. I've been auditioning since I was able to start doing it online. Um, I've had three live auditions, including one earlier this year. I was really hoping I get the chance to meet um, Alex before before he moved on. And um, sadly, that will not be happening. And it's just kind of a blow for someone who, you know, he was my Mr. Rogers, essentially. He was, he was the guy who... You know, my grandmother would put on Jeopardy and just listen to those dulcet tones and just chill. And it's it's part of how I, you know, got to be interested in trivia competitions. It's how I got good at trivia competitions. And yeah, it just it just really sucks um, to lose one of your heroes like that. So. Doing my best, um, but yeah, I'm I I'm not gonna have a lot of energy for this one, and this is gonna be the first of three. So, do our best to get through it, just like he did until the very end. He's gotta maintain that that rigor for the job that he had, that that joie de vivre that he brought, just. Like I said, this this is tough. It's it's a tough thing to do, but we'll move on. Hope he knows he left the world in a better place than you thought he would, probably when he first got the diagnosis. So again, thank you to him for everything he's done. We're going to do our best to move on. Because um, there is Blue Jay stuff to talk about. Um, so we will be dedicating this episode in his memory. And talking about the first signing the Blue Jays have officially made of the 2020 offseason. And... I know a lot of people, myself included, were clamoring for them to re-sign one of the starting pitchers that they acquired at the deadline. And, you know, it wasn't going to be Ross Stripling. He's already under control. But I know a lot of people were just like, yeah, they should re-sign Taiwan Walker. That's going to be such a good deal. Well, the Blue Jays front office kind of hurt us, but they decided to sign the other one that they acquired it was uh, announced yesterday that the Blue Jays had signed Robbie Ray to a one-year deal worth eight million dollars 
which okay that um that's a pretty steep price you he, he made 9.4 million last year with arizona arizona um retained a fair amount of that money in the deal that sent travis bergen to the diamondbacks so this is this is an interesting one i i don't know if people thought that robbie ray was going to be coming back i don't think a lot of people thought he'd be coming back at that price um it means he officially moves into the chase anderson role um so what does this mean well for the blue jays when they acquired Robbie Ray at the deadline, they knew they were getting a, a guy who was wild, a guy who had a lot of issues with control going into this season. And it was going to be imperative that they put in the effort to try and get him back to a point where he could be productive. And I don't know if the results were fully there, from the Blue Jays' perspective, um, if you compare and contrast uh, Robbie Ray's season before and after the trade, obviously before was not great in Arizona. One and four, seven eighty four ERA and seven starts, thirty one walks in thirty one innings, thirty one hits in thirty one innings, twenty seven earned runs, struck out forty three but gave up nine home runs, and unleashed six wild pitches. Just just uh, to put that into the fancy numbers, I mean, the K rate was the highest of his career at 12.5, but that's nine walks per nine innings. That's 2.6 home runs per nine innings, nine hits per nine innings, a whip of two, and a fielding independent pitching ERA of 729. None of it was good. It's why they got Arizona to pay the money to take Robbie Ray off their hands. So after the trade, in five games with Toronto, he made four starts, had a one and one record, 479 ERA. In 20 and two thirds innings, he gave up 22 hits, but only 11 earned runs. Um, four of those 22 hits were home runs. He only walked 14 batters, though. So that's a marked improvement on what he was doing. Struck out 25 batters. So if you look at those metrics that I talked about, the, the per nine ratings, the strikeouts went down, but the walks showed enough of a movement down. The home run showed enough movement down. The whip dropped down to 1.74. Still not great. But his fielding independent pitching dropped to uh, 532. So almost a two-run improvement during his time in Toronto. His strikeout per walk ratio increased from 1.4 to 1.8. So there's reason to believe that what Pete Walker was doing with Robbie Ray was working. And that seems to be reason why Robbie Ray got the one-year deal to essentially give the Blue Jays some flexibility and some depth on that pitching staff because I mean we we've now seen Robbie Ray work in a bullpen role 
and it doesn't seem to be a terrible option for Ray to be in that role if that's that's what ends up happening. Um, in his two relief appearances during the season, because he made that other one during the playoffs, um, three and a third innings against the Marlins on September 1st, right after he was acquired, gave up four hits and the one earned run struck out four. In that postseason appearance against Tampa Bay, took the loss in that one, but pitched three innings, gave up one hit, one run, one walk, struck out five. And I have to think that last appearance he made, that last impression he got to put in the minds of the Blue Jays front office and the Blue Jays staff, that's what got him the deal. Show, showing that kind of progress is likely what made it more viable to get him done than maybe to go after a Taiwan Walker. And obviously, you know, it's just a one-year deal. It's a one-year show-me deal. You know, be very easy to move on from if Robbie Ray reverts to that form he had in Arizona in the first bit of 2020. But obviously, if he continues trending like he did once he got in Toronto... That is a potential Cy Young candidate. He's shown that in the past. He's a guy who can reach 200 strikeouts in a full season. He's done it three times. Blue Jays don't have a lot of those pitchers. They have Nate Pearson and, you know, maybe Jordan Romano and Julian Merriweather. Those are their power strikeout guys. Rafael Delisi can kind of throw on there, but... In, in Robbie Ray, they are obviously taking that gamble that he is going to be more in tune with what they thought he was going to be uh, going into the 2019 season. Because, you know, it's... Actually, you know what? I'm going to hold off for a sec. I'm, I want to go deeper into, you know, why I think the Blue Jays do have this faith in Robbie Ray. And, you know, I'll talk about Taiwan Walker probably later today. But I do I do want to go into that a little bit because there's, there's a very interesting trend that Robbie Ray showed um, over the 2020 season. And I think that's important to this discussion as well. So I'll get into that. But I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar. Because it's coated in 100% chocolate, it's soft, it's easy to chew, it melts in your mouth. comes in 18 amazing flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. And they're great for anyone who's on a diet who wants to lose or maintain weight while having something that tastes good in your mouth. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high in protein and fiber. You're doing the keto thing, it's great for that. I can't do it, but you can. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, you'll get 20% off your next order. So use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays, 
your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So one of my favorite sites on the net is Brooks Baseball. Brooks Baseball is great if you're someone like me who's kind of one of those pitching nerds, likes to see how a pitcher's adjusting to what they can do at a major league level. And the story of Robbie Ray is an interesting one. Because in 2017, when he had that all-star run, that was when he officially dropped his changeup and started focusing more on his three pitches, his fastball, his slider, his curveball. And, you know, again, he rode that to success. But in 2018, that's when his velocity started to dip. And it continued in 2019. So in 2017, you know, he was averaging an easy 94 on his fastball, easy 85 on his slider, and then low 80s on his curve. By 2019, that had dropped down to 92 on his fastball. Lost two miles per hour. Um, his slider was up and down, but it still managed to hang around 85. His curveball was still hanging down, but obviously the loss of the fa- the loss of that two miles per hour did negatively affect his arm. And then um, once 2020 came around. It looked like he was trying to overcompensate. It looked like he was trying to throw too hard because if you check, his miles per hour jumps back up on that fastball to the low uh, 93-94 range. And, you know, the problem with that was he was throwing everything harder. His slider jumped up a couple miles an hour. His curveball jumped up a couple miles an hour. And that, I have to believe that, contributed to the issues he was having with his control when you throw a pitch consistently at one speed for you know four or five years of your career all of a sudden jumping that up as well there's there's going to be some effects because any change in miles per hour is going to affect how that pitch curves how that pitch does what it's supposed to do how that slider gets over the plate so It's very possible that Robbie Ray saw that drop in 2019, tried to overcompensate, and in trying to get that miles per hour back on his fastball, he just lost control of his other pitches, and that's what led to the walk rates. Now, you can see a bit of a change when he got to Toronto, because in September of last year, he started finally veering away from that three-pitch mix that made him so successful in 2017. Um, And we saw it um, in the adaptation of that sinking fastball that that Pete Walker loves. Loves guys who can get ground balls. Um, Robbie Ray actually threw that more in 2019. Um, He threw it about 10% of the time. Started cutting back on his slider a bit, started cutting back on just a straight four-seamer. And he got away from that in the early section of 2020 because obviously he was focused more on velocity. He wasn't trying to get the movement necessary. And you could start to see him go back to that once he arrived in Toronto. And I, I have to feel that's the Pete Walker influence there. So 
if Robbie Ray can start learning how to use that movement instead of just trying to find that raw speed again. Because 94 isn't as impressive as it once was. I mean, they've got guys on the team who can throw 101, 102. You got to be able to move, to move that pitch in order to get the results you want. And I feel like the Blue Jays are confident they can keep progressing Robbie Ray on this path to make him a more effective pitcher. He may not be an all-star. He may not be the Cy Young contender. But if he can be an effective lefty behind Hyunjin Ryu, he can be a guy who can make pitchers look at something a little different. Because right now he probably slots in third ahead of Tanner Roark and Ross Stripling, but behind... Hyunjin Ryu and Nate Pearson. And and I do not think the Blue Jays are done whatsoever. But if he can slot there and and give that different look coming after Pearson, who's gonna throw heat. But if he can give that different look, get that get that breaking stuff working, get it across the plate for strikes, just take enough off it that they that they kinda have the time to work their way back on the plate and get those calls from umpires. I think that's going to be the key to Robbie Ray's success with Toronto. So hopefully he's able to do that. He's able to, you know, take what he's learned so far in Toronto and be able to, you know, be effective going forward. That's that's all we want is just effectiveness. So We'll see if Robbie Ray can do that. Very interested to see what this means for the Blue Jays' offseason strategy. We will be talking about that um, in the next episode because I I still haven't gotten the chance to talk about DJ LeMahieu as a Blue Jays target. So, you know, I think we're going to do that in the next episode. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Wherever you get podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss those episodes. Um, Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. All the links go up on the Twitter feed. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but it also lets us share in our grief. And um, it was nice to see um, all the other people just as touched by the loss of Alex Trebek today. So thank you all for that. And, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad y'all are still there for support because, you know, it's a rough day. It's a really rough day. So we all need to do what we can to help each other pull through. And I thank y'all for that. So until the next time we talk, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysornacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.